From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in award-worthy, medium-difficulty Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are achievements and trophies, and puzzle design in games. And so, everyone's ready. Let's start. I feel like it's been forever since I've hosted one of these. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. I'm like tearing through it. I'm like, am I doing this right? (laughs) Uh, Because yeah, the the last episode we did was the interview special and Martha, you hosted that one. Um, So we're just... Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. a lot of like in the past, you hosted a lot. I guess you hosted them all. So that, yeah. (laughs) It's a, I guess it's a transition. Yeah, I'm just, check, I'm just checking off the things off my list that I don't have to do anymore. <laughs> You're rediscovering how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're here around the clubhouse, uh, ready for another exciting episode. And we have yep. a couple things to talk about up top first. Mm-hmm. January was a big event month yes. for mm-hmm. us. We did, And so we've talked a lot about uh, big news here locally and then big news in the gaming world. And I think mm-hmm. we want to just talk a little bit more about our deal. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, so I, I want to talk a little bit about Star Trek because I always want to do that. And, Yay! Uh, <laughs> uh, Martha and I were talking earlier about how, Martha, you're going through DS9 right now. Yes. And uh, we were chatting about our favorite episodes and you said, we should just do a whole episode on Star Trek. And I'm like, we've probably done that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the reason I'm bringing it up now is because um, uh, this weekend that we're recording, so it'll be about a week or so after that when you hear this, um, Star Trek Discovery, the latest show, is going to have its first season finale and it's been a fun journey for me because I've been having people over every Sunday to watch it and they've been dropping out one by one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because they're like because this is what happens so I ha- I've been having people over on the weekends to uh, hang out and then eventually it turned into okay we're going to like uh, play Star Trek role playing games and oh we're going to play Star Trek board games and we're going to watch a lot of Star Trek and I swear it happened by accident <laughs> but, and so now it's all my Star Trek friends and um, and most of you guys, because Stephen, you're part of this group. Mm-hmm. Most of you uh, were not big into Star Trek previously, right, so yeah. I got to be like the you know like every nerd's fantasy <laughs> is like, let me introduce you to my things, you know. And so that was really enjoyable. But mm-hmm. what happened the 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 downside of that is I got you all hooked on DS9, uh, my favorite Star Trek series, and yours, Martha, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, and then we started watching Discovery when it started, and you're like, this isn't as good. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, I know, but it's new Star Trek. It's yeah. great. And like, yeah. I, I like it quite a bit, but like, I, you know, I have many issues, but like, uh, you know, it's new Star Trek. Who cares? Um, but yeah, none of you are all like, but Lil Nuts, we want to watch more Dax and Cisco and Kira. And I'm like, right. all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not feeling Star Trek scary. Yeah. So we're, the finale is this uh, weekend and it's, it's just down to you, Martha now. Yeah. Right. But you have an interesting uh, take on this. Yeah. Cause I watched the first, uh, the like, first two premiere episodes yeah. and then I was like I don't want to watch the show so then I didn't but I did listen to a really great podcast which all, you also listen to which is The Greatest Discovery we have engaged the Klingons on Maximum Fun um, so I've been hearing a recap of every episode since <laughs> and now I'm like now I want to see the end so, <laughs> so now I'm going to go back and watch the end yeah um, yeah my biggest problem with it actually is it's so plot heavy Every episode, like the status quo changes, and that's exciting and interesting. But that's like I, exhausting. I, I, yeah, and it's also like I could use a couple of slower character episodes, maybe. Yeah. Well, um, those those one off where they're just like we're on the promenade and hanging out. <laughs> yeah, except something. it's on the Discovery. You know, but then like inches forward, the broader story. Like that's the thing I liked about DS Nine is because it's that perfect mix of like standalone episodes and long running storylines. And they didn't. It's not like X Files where they go back and forth. 
it was just kind of all happening at the same time at a really good pace. Mm-hmm. In this era of peak TV, everyone is just rushing to do the biggest thing. Ooh. And uh, the new Star Trek definitely is a victim of that. And so like, I'm not a big fan of that part of it, but I still like that. I love the performances a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I was like uh, hearing all great stories about the production and how they're all like, you know, the, they believe in the ethos of Star Trek. And it's like, maybe they're not making the greatest Star Trek show in the world, but like, I'm happy that there's like the sort of positive Star Trek force out there. I guess yeah. that almost matters more to me. Okay. You know, like it's a, it's a, it's a show that like promotes the ideals of Star Trek uh, for diversity and yeah. inclusion and, you know, different voices. Right. And like, that they're, they're walking like. that walk in a way that like yeah. uh, Star Trek didn't always do. Mm. So I'm excited about that stuff. Um, that stuff I'm excited about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to like the show. Yeah, <laughs> you can yeah. just be happy for, about yep, that, that, right? My feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, in other news, uh, my wife Dale is here at the clubhouse playing a bunch of VR games because she's helped me host VR night at Glitch, mm-hmm. um, which we had last night, and um, it was a bit of a technical disaster of a sort. I mean, everything was fine. I, I think anyone, but like I was rushing around, and um, Dale's been helping me a lot. A, a lot. Uh, getting people in and out of headsets and helping them uh, with problems as, as they arise because they do. Um, but she's like, she really is invested in it now. So she's, yeah. while well, we're here recording, she's just like playing all the, the, the different headsets and games and trying to get really familiar with all of the possible technical difficulties. And so I'm very appreciative that yeah. she's doing that because it's going to make future events even, you know, mo- more, move even smoother. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Go Dale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're here and we're just getting set up for the show and we hear like a clang and we're like, what was that? And then, yeah, she ran into a table. Oh, so, <laughs> <laughs> she's fine. though. She's fine. Okay. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but there's uh, other news uh, in the worlds of sports, uh, both digital and non. The Winter Olympics have started. Yes. And I don't know if anyone cares that much about it. I care about it as much as anyone else who doesn't care about sports cares about the Olympics. In that I pick one thing that I'm into and that thing is curling, um, <laughs> in which in my mind is the only real sport. There's nothing, no, nothing else matters. Um, and because, because it's a game, it's mm. a strategic game, mm. not just a sport. And so I'm really into it. And um, I really can't, I'm not even going to try. I can't convince anybody else to love it. I just think it's great. Do you guys have anything like that? Something that, that. I mean, I, for the summer Olympics, I always watch the fencing mostly because I, I, I used to do it, fencing, but. Uh, I always like watching the, the, the track and field stuff because I mm-hmm. used to do track and field when I was in high school. Oh. I like watching the triple jump and see their strats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and gymnastics is always fun. I always like the Summer Olympics more than the Winter Olympics. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't understand gymnastics or figure skating. The two sports where there is no actual score, there's just judging. Mm. Like, I don't, that doesn't seem yeah. like, that's pageantry. That's not, that's not sports. Well, it reminds me of the, the slam dunk contest that, I, me and my family watch every year. Uh-huh. So, I'm right, because like, everyone okay. just walks away with two points. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, sports joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, it, I, I guess it's similar. Like, you can like yell at judges or something for them. Like, no, that score deserved way more. Or something. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and like, there's an incredible amount of athleticism involved mm-hmm. in both of those yeah. things. But you're not actually graded on your athleticism. Exactly. So I'm, I don't know. I don't, I don't. Yeah, care. I guess it's, yeah, it's not an exact science. Mm. I hear you're talking about sports and have not invited Martha to the table. <laughs> what, <though? laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> what have you done with Martha? She doesn't care about sports. Martha does. Martha is here now. All right. I will now with the sports update. Martha. Hello. Welcome to the sports update with Martha. People obviously were listening when I was talking about how Overwatch League had no women in it. And now they've signed Kiguri to the team Shanghai Dragons. So congratulations, Shanghai Dragons, for not being lame. 
not being as lame. Right? <laughs> True. <laughs> Thanks, Morthel. You're welcome. Now back to you for non-sports topics. <laughs> yeah, it's achievements. Y'all, y'all just basically get to hear me complain about something for 15, 20 minutes. Cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like achievements or trophies or any mm-hmm. of those things. They're just, they're rarely ever appealing or good or interesting <laughs> at all. And I just, it's sad. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> For real. Uh, no, I, I just, I can't. Do y'all like achievements? It's okay to be wrong, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have a fan over here. What do you think, Martha? <laughs> I really like achievements because they, like, I always take a look at them on Steam mm-hmm. and stuff. Because I'm like, oh, what are, like, some fun, cool ways I can break the game? Or, like, um, I don't know, just do something silly in the game that will get me funny achievements. Yeah. Um, so that's what I like about it is it makes it so that you can... I don't know, get more meta out of the game and sure. see what the okay. developers, like their sense of humor and stuff. Yeah, I suppose like the titles are kind of funny. The only ones, the only achievements that I've really enjoyed are the ones that have made me laugh. Like there's the one, there's the one Portal 2 achievement. Uh, this is the part where he kills us. One that is hilarious because like everything is like perfectly timed. And you, <laughs> <laughs> everyone is like, it's the part where I kill you. And then like, the achievement comes up and it was, it was that was perfect but other than that like i can't come up with a, an achievement that like i've really actively enjoyed getting because mm-hmm. like i i find most of the time for them to be like they're like grindy or they feel like waste of time mm-hmm. or like little fetch they feel like fetch quests to me you know your standards might be really high because you're like i can't think of one i really enjoyed getting yeah and i guess there's two ways to think of achievements one is like the achievement hunter mm-hmm. right where you you know that what it takes. Okay, I need this many headshots or whatever. And then you like you yeah, you grind it out. You you go for it. And then when you get it, you're supposed to feel some sense of accomplishment. Yep. And then there's the other ones that just pop up randomly, which it seems like there's the consensus are the best ones. Um, at least here in the clubhouse, we think. Um, but when you say like you can't think of one you really enjoyed getting, that might be putting too much of a burden on achievements to to provide satisfaction to you. I because mean, I feel like okay. to me it's like they pop up like, huh, cool. And then I just keep playing. Like I don't I feel like that's a nice little extra thing. Um, I don't like when they happen in the middle of cutscenes because, like, I'm busy. I don't need I'm, yeah. my attention is taken. I don't need to be sure. You know, like you know, completed chapter three. It's like I know, like you know, I don't need that. <laughs> it just said that on the screen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I think I mean you might just be like uh, thinking that they matter more to people than they do. Uh no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess well, it's okay for me to be wrong too. <laughs> no, it's not like I. I guess. It's, I just uh, I just don't feel much enjoyment out of it because like mm-hmm. I feel like I want to complete a game at my own pace and the achievements are trying to set the pace for me. Are you like when you see a list of achievements? Are you like, oh, now I got to do that? No, I'm not. Okay. So but, what is it that like? So when they pop up, you're like, oh no, I hate that. Is that what it is in no, that voice? It, well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, literally. No, no, I hate that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, oh, man, I maybe shoot. I feel I almost feel like. The achievements killed my aunt or something as much as I'm naked on them. Uh, but like, no, uh, it's just, it's just, I feel like achievements, they're trying to be, they, they feel like they're trying to be, they're like, they're like little kernels of excitement. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're re- rewarding you for doing uninteresting things. Yeah. And that's what I don't like about them, I think. Okay. But you just said the best ones are the funniest ones. Yeah. But the- that, they're not rewarding you. That, that's like part of the whole, the whole, Package uh-huh. 
is that that whole thing, like that whole achievement thing, the funny ones. Those ones are good because like they someone was like he put in a little clever pun or something. Like, yeah, okay, that's entertaining. <laughs> but like, it's not because of the achievement that I feel. In, it's not because of the actual getting of the achievement that I'm entertained. It's that the, right. the word is the, the thing is funny. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I didn't realize it'd be so down on achievements like I am. You didn't realize that. Yeah, maybe I did a little bit. <laughs> the topic, like, in the notes says, Stephen does not like achievements slash trophies, and then has, like, four or five bullet points underneath That's why it. I don't like them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's just go through them. Uh, <laughs> okay. They rarely add anything of interest. True. They're grindy. Yep, you covered that. Mm-hmm, yep. Uh, many of them you end up getting anyways. You do. A lot of the times, because you just complete chapter one, you get an achievement that yeah. says complete cha- completed chapter one. Like, why? Yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> yeah. It seems like, that seems kind of silly. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't need additional gamer score because I work playing through your game. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing, is that, like, the gamer score and stuff that, like, breeds a competition that is not interesting. It just encourages you to buy games that give you a lot of achievements really fast. Right. And so like, there's like a whole ecosystem um, of all of these games where like you can get an achievement, you can get achievements within um, an hour or something and people will buy them just so they can say, I have more achievement or more, more trophies than you or something. Yeah. And that just like, it's pay to win. Yeah, it is. And <laughs> I mean, like, you still have to do something, but you have to pay first. Right. But, What's I what I kind of like about how all of this has worked is like there are some games that are like making fun of it. There's mm-hmm. like uh, there's this game called Achievement Unlocked where like you have you get achievements for doing the most mundane things like move yeah. right is an achievement, move uh-huh. left is an achievement, walk on all the tiles is an yeah. achievement, that kind of stuff. You know that reminds me of is when we were playing uh, the Ludum Dare games yeah. for our Nice Plays. There was a game called Huddled that oh, you really oh, liked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, for those of you who didn't see that, uh, that's a game that was made during the, the game jam mm-hmm. where uh, you start out and you just have like one button to press that does a thing on a keyboard, and then it's a HUD element that tells you how to do it and when to do it. And then as you play, the game gets more and more complicated, and you have more and more buttons you have to manage and press, and the HUD is just gets filled up and cluttered. And Steven, you love that because yes. of the shot it took against uh, HUD in yep, games. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And so that, this this achievement uh, game you're talking about, yeah. this has a similar kind of, you like when they sort of tear down the idea just because mm-hmm. you don't like the idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I like that. Yeah. There's a famous one in the Simpsons game for Xbox and PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, was, it was around the time the Simpsons movie came out, so 2007-ish, where um, the game would load up. You'd see the, the, the sort of like the Simpson family television was the, the title screen. Yeah. And you press start, and you immediately got an achievement for pressing start. Oh, that's And good. it's like, okay, that's the kind of game this is. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think all the achievements in that game were like similarly like, you know, uh, they, a comedy, a writer's comedy room spent some time yeah. <laughs> coming up with each one of those, you know. There's there's a couple in um what's the name? Uh uh the choice game. The choice game. That's really descriptive. Uh <laughs> the Stanley Parable. There's a couple in the Stanley Parable. Oh, yeah. I think there's one where like you get an achievement for not playing the game for five years. <laughs> which those that's that's great. Right. So great we all, we all have that one. Yeah. <laughs> As it, I don't think it's been five years yet. I just yeah. just set my alarm clock ahead and then <laughs> Yeah. Just claim that one. Um but yeah, I guess that's me. You, so, Martha, you like achievements. Mark, do you like achievements? Um, yes, but I don't. I, I guess because I don't care that much. Okay. Like, I don't have enough of a strong opinion. I mean, if um, if a game doesn't have them, I will not miss them. Yeah. Right. If it has them, unless it's like I was saying in the middle of a cutscene, you know, you completed chapter three uh, or whatever in the middle of completing chapter three, mm-hmm. um, 
I'm perfectly fine with them. Um, and they, it pops up. It's like, oh, you got, you know, uh, you beat up 50 guys. I'm like, oh, that's a lot of guys. Like that's, <laughs> you know, that's as much consideration as I give to them. Okay. Um, so I don't, I don't, I just, I'm not riled up the way you are. Okay. But I'm, I mean, we're both Nintendo fans. And so we like, we've been, we've been told we don't need them. Yeah. And so, and I, I don't feel I need them. So yeah. <laughs> I'm on, I'm firmly on that camp. Yeah, you'll yeah. just compete for who can get the most shrines first and the most moons first. That's but right. that's totally different. Who, yes. Which of us? Which of us got both of those? I forget. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's not the same thing because uh-huh. that is a competition that uh-huh. I made. Right, and for that's myself. Mm-hmm. right, right, yes. right, right. That one matters more. Yes, because yeah. I made it and not some game dev. <laughs> who's telling trying to tell me how to enjoy my game uh-huh. don't tell me what to do <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, yeah see that's actually that's an interesting attitude like uh-huh. don't tell me how to enjoy your game yeah um, I rile against that a little bit because like I mean I, I'm not a big believer in the death of the artist mm-hmm. so like um, I don't know like uh, it, I mean it's because achievements are usually just thrown in as an afterthought they don't mean right, a lot yeah. but sometimes there's some care taken to them to yes. interact especially those funny ones mm-hmm. like they're meant to actually punctuate a moment and that's Part of the actual experience of the game, yeah, and those are those are good. Okay, in uh, Borderlands Two, mm-hmm. my favorite game ever, <laughs> and all, like all the Borderlands, really, um, they've built achievements in basically into the uh, mechanics of the game. Okay. So you get there's all these different sort of achievement like things, uh, like shooting fifty people with a certain gun or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but if or like doing something silly, um, and if you get them you get these things called badass points yeah right okay with those you can like upgrade your character so they have more um like uh your shield like repairs faster Mm -hmm. or uh your fire bullets faster or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah Um, those i have less of a problem with they announce how many points you have when you join other people's games oh really (laughs) yeah oh okay that's but we got a badass over here yeah That's pretty good. I, I like that. That's pretty good. Um, that was like, like uh, specific like unlock things in 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 games because I mean they we've been doing this for for years, right? Uh, like in in back in the day, these achievements were really just unlocks. So you just beat a game in a certain difficulty, and you mm-hmm. get like a new character or a skin or whatever else. Um, and those I feel a little bit better about because like at least there's something in the game you're getting. Whereas like with achievements, you're getting something outside of the game that you're supposed to care about. I mean. It- they also, I just really like them. Yeah. So I'm going to just come up with reasons why to have them. Okay. But, uh, Are they bulleted the way Stevens were? <laughs> <laughs> they could be. Um, but like, for example, I was looking through all the ones in for um, Civilization games. Mm-hmm. And like, those have actually um, made me play like different play styles that I wouldn't have tried before. Be- sure. That I ended up like really liking. Um, just because I was like, oh, if I beat the game with this certain win condition, then I get this achievement, and yeah. I didn't like think to do that before. Yeah. So. Yeah, I yeah I, that that makes sense, but like I feel like you should just give somebody an in-game reason to do it, mm-hmm. like give them a skin or something if they do it play it this certain way, instead of just giving them fifty. Give them a loot box. <laughs> yeah. Give them a loot box. See, I, don't give them a loot I'm box. actually on the side of achievements for this because, uh-huh. um, because they are meaningless points that don't matter and who cares? Yeah. Um, I think there's some value to the, to, uh, to an achievement for its own sake. And that, and then the, the, the badge you get in your account is just a record of that. It's not a mm-hmm. reward that you yeah. receive. I mean, gamer score is a thing, I guess. 
Um, but, um, but I'm kind of because partly because I'm, I'm, I'm wary of incentivizing gameplay with rewards. Sure. Like in that sense, I don't sure. like that very much. Um, so I'm kind of more happy to have like a look through the, like I've, I've finished the game. I did the campaign, didn't do all the side missions or whatever, but then I'm going to look through the, the achievement list. And I'm like, Oh, I could do that. Like I could see that being a fun motivation to get back into it, do a thing just to extend some gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is very meta, and it sort of has to be. I think uh, actually, Borderlands is a good exception where they really tie it in, and that seems to make a lot of sense. But generally, I like achievements better when they become a conversation about the game rather than it really uh, being so tied into it. Mm. Um, I guess there's exceptions to every rule, though, or every opinion in that case. Yeah, um, it just doesn't it doesn't feel sincere, yeah. especially since I. It, I, I mean, I, I haven't put an achievement in any of my games, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not super familiar. And you with never it. will. <laughs> Maybe, uh, unless unless y'all beat me up and put it in Cloud Breaker or something. Then, <laughs> then, <laughs> sitting there going, "Yeah, I'll beat you up." <laughs> Should just do it and not tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that would, that would be the friendlier way of doing it. <laughs> um, but like, it, it always feels like achievements are put in at the last minute and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of care being put into a lot of the achievements. Right. And I, and that's why I, I, I cautioned with saying it because I've never put them in my own games. So I don't know like how much work goes into putting these achievements in. Yeah. Um, I feel like you're, you know, uh, Fingence is a game of skill. Yeah. But it's also a party game. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like achievements could be a good way to hint at um, what's, what the, the sort of level of, um, of gameplay precision is possible in that game. Right. Because I feel that uh, because of the art style and because of the party nature, um, it feels like there might be some players who would it take them a little harder to learn that the game really can challenge you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it could be controller tossingly mad. Um, and that's, that's a great strength of the game. Yeah. And the fact that it can play to both types of players is really valuable. But I think it, achievements in Fingence would actually be a way to let people know we have unlocks that, in the game for yeah. that purpose. Okay, okay. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> Come prepared. Yeah, but no. But I mean, like, like yeah, as, yeah, a, as yeah. a meta conversation sure, on top of sure. it. Sure, sure. I, I mean, yeah. Um, like, vengeance would be good for achievements and yeah. stuff, and so we'll probably put them in. And we're going to have to if we want to yeah. release it on Steam, anyways, right? Um, we don't have to, but like, if you want an audience to like engage with them at level, it's it's. I don't know if it's table stakes, but I think people want them. Yeah, um, most of the time people want them. Yeah, so. but think about like. You know, in Fingence, you can you can shoot and you have your gadgets. Yep. Your gadgets are special yep. uh, weapons. Mm-hmm. But like, what if there was an achievement for like getting through a section without using your gadgets? Like, you would not want to make that part of the gameplay. No, right? I know. But mm-hmm. wouldn't that be a fun thing? Like, if you're on the couch with your friend, like, hey, can you see if you could beat this level without using the cool power? Like, why not make that you as the developer on the couch with the player telling them that? Because that it's not. It doesn't feel like my job to do that. Like, if a person wants. Also, that. I don't want to encourage that. <laughs> um, you don't want people to have all sorts of fun? No, I, I, I totally do. I want yeah. people to enjoy the game however I, they want to enjoy it. But I don't want to, like, if somebody is, is interested in achievements and score or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, force them to play it in a way that they don't want to play. Well, you don't, that's, that's the thing. It's not forcing them. No, I know. But, like, I don't know. And if they want mm-hmm. to get achievements, they'll be wanting to play the game in a different, cool way. Like I agree. That's part of that's it. a really good point. Yeah, but it just it it feels like a like unless the player explicitly wants to do that, and I'm sure that like I'm sure that people will be like, you know what, I'm going to play this game and I, I'm not going to use any of the the, go, the gadgets. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I but I don't know. There's something that just doesn't see, sit right with me about I myself putting in the game mm-hmm. a thing that rewards players doing that 
instead of them just doing it on their own. Okay. Making their own play. Sure, own sure. Game. Like like when I was younger, like I played Super Mario 64 all the time and Super Mario Sunshine all the time. And uh, for a little bit, me and my brother would like try to race to get to one point or the other the fastest, mm-hmm. but there was no achievement that told me to like do that. Sure. It was just something we came up with. Mm-hmm. Like, we, and you, you think having sort of a, a, a list of achievements it doesn't. It doesn't fully enumerate the creative possibilities. Yeah, and might prevent people from coming up with their own. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's that is in fact a constitutional legal argument. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's like enumerating rights means that the ones that are unenumerated don't exist. Oh, and it's a. I'm getting into the weeds okay. on this, but it's it's actually <laughs> yeah. it's an interesting point of philosophical debate yeah. about, and it sounds like that's where you're headed with. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's like it just it. I, I, I said before, I don't really want. I don't want people telling me how to play the game, and I don't really want to tell people how to play my games. Uh-huh. They should just be able to. I'm going to try to encourage a certain behavior, but right. like people should feel like press free A to, to shoot, right? <laughs> <laughs> not mash A to shoot. Just hold the button down, people. Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm I'm not going to like. I'm not going to try to encourage them to play in a bunch of different ways that they don't want to do that, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to. I'm not going to try to stifle imagination in the game. I don't know. Mm-hmm. These are the kinds of things I don't like about it. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, it's just it's just. What does the rest of the, how does the rest of the team feel? What does Lane think? What does Stephen uh, uh, Charles think? <laughs> Good question. What does Stephen think? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, I've heard plenty. Thank you. <laughs> uh, both uh, Charles Charles really likes achievements yeah. and stuff, so he's you know on board, and Lane's on board too. Mm-hmm. I I I I just always assumed that we were going to put achievements in Vengeance because most games put achievements in there. Oh, okay, okay. So you, this isn't a fight you're expecting to have. No, I'm not trying to like say no. We shouldn't have achievements, y'all. You just don't want any part of it. I don't really want, yeah. I don't really want to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I like. I'll think about the unlocks and stuff because part of the the way that the unlocks work in Vengeance is that like there's a there's uh, a little bit of personality. Each of the characters we have in Vengeance have like little personality traits and stuff. And so Sparky. I, we wanna, yeah. And so uh, <laughs> what we want to do is like have unlocks, uh, have their how how you unlock the characters relate to uh, their personality traits. So like with hmm. Sparky, for example. We want players to maybe get a certain time in some of the um, time trials that we have in the game, because um, like Sparky's all about achievements and being the best and stuff. Uh, so because she is the best, <laughs> it's true. Uh, <laughs> I mean, well, there's also Gwen, but yeah. Anyway, uh, you unlock Gwen just by being awesome. Is that how that works? <laughs> yeah, just you're buying the game you unlocks you Gwen. <laughs> Be awesome and buy a vengeance. Uh, <laughs> But like, yeah. So I like that's a little bit of a personality trait, and so that yeah, it it's kind of in line with the game. So like, mm-hmm. if you have achievements related to those unlocks, that makes sense to me. Um, uh-huh. And in the, there's a this is a game that I've been playing recently, and I I played it a whole lot uh, called Risk of Rain that has a whole bunch of different uh, achievements and stuff in the game that like in game where every time you do if you get an achievement, you unlock an extra item that you can grab later on in yeah. the other games in future games. Um, that I really like because like those achievements are related to the items you get. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like that makes sense. But again, I'm being rewarded in game for that, and so it aligns well with what I want from achievements. Um, yeah. What's the history of achievements, Stephen? <laughs> Good question. Uh, yeah. Um, so in the past, originally Microsoft created uh, achievements with the Xbox 360. I mean, just the achievement system. And then Valve followed suit with their own achievement system in 2007. Uh, and then Sony uh, came up with the uh, trophies in 2008. And then eventually mobile gaming jumped in. But Nintendo does not have achievements, thank goodness. And that is my <laughs> console choice. <so> yeah. <laughs> that's why I like Nintendo. That's I remember why. when Sony finally did it. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was like, 
it was after much haranguing and protest from PS3 players. Yeah. Like, why don't we have this? Why don't we have this? Why don't we have this? And they finally had it, and everyone was like, all right, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my memory of it anyway. Yeah. I um, mean, yeah, I don't. A bunch of games had to be patched. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, half the library didn't have them. Right. It was like a, it was a bit of a mess for a while, I remember. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you were like following it and, you know, gave a hoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, like, there are like, there are some games that come out on PlayStation that don't have trophies, and people don't want to play them because they're not yeah. going to get trophies for them. And that gets, that drives me crazy. Right. That just, I can't. If you want to play a game, but like the game isn't rewarding you for doing certain things, then mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think you know. I mean, I'm with you. I think that that's a really silly reason not to buy a game. Yeah. Um, it's probably also exaggerated as a reason people don't buy a game. I mean, perhaps. Um, I think people, it's a maybe it's people a complain deterrent. about it. Yeah, because what it is, it's a feature that's missing. And we talked about this when we talked about Steam about mm-hmm. the things that developers are now forced to do. Yeah. To be part of the conversation, like to be a game, mm-hmm. you have to have this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's like, I don't need, I don't want to do that stuff. Yeah. Um, achievements is definitely one of those. Um, but to, you know, on the other hand, I don't know that it's as big of a. I think people just complain about it. It's like mm, it doesn't have that. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I've just heard that like it's a deterrent, and sometimes it's a deterrent enough to not. Yeah. Buy or play a game. You know, Nintendo doesn't have them, but many Nintendo games do. Yeah, they right? do. Right, but like again, you get rewarded in game for them. Like uh-huh. Super Smash Brothers it has has had them since Brawl. Well, really, since the original has yeah. had locks. But like uh, Brawl and uh, Super Smash Brothers sixty or Super Smash Brothers four um, have like a wall of achievements, and some of them have unlocks and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. actually, all of them give you like a little picture or something, right? Like a congratulatory thing. Which mm-hmm. They're kind of fun, but. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them come with unlocks and things. Mm-hmm. So, like, you get rewarded in game for doing these things. I like the um, the Miiverse stamps you got in oh. certain games. It wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of them, frankly, but um, Mario Maker had it. Uh, Super Mario 3D World. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, um, yeah. And then also, um, but I think it was introduced in, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but in uh, just right, off the, right in the beginning of the Wii U's life cycle in uh, uh, Super Mario... A new Super Mario U, yeah, uh, had them as a way, and and that was that was fun. Like, I mean, Miiverse was so much fun; it's dead now. But like, mm. <laughs> and so none of those things mean anything anymore. Yeah. But I liked those because those were little; they were achievements you could like draw on walls with. Like, I yeah. guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, those are little cool things. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Uh, what makes a good achievement, y'all? Someone who's not down on them should probably <laughs> answer this question. <laughs> Well, uh, we went over through a lot of the things. Yeah. Uh, like, um, seems just not convinced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if they're funny, uh-huh. um, if they're, um, something that changes your gameplay, um, to be more like try something that new that you haven't, you didn't think to try ones that highlight something cool that you've achieved, mm-hmm. even if you're not keeping track of it. Yeah. Um, bad ones are just ones that show your normal progress mm-hmm. sometimes I get annoyed that those games even put achievements in because it's like you could have just not done them and you obviously only put them in because you needed to have them on Steam Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know I will say I, I fully agree with, with all of that the ex- I think there's an exception to the funny ones which is sometimes the funny ones are a little too cute and in games that aren't that funny. Oh, sure. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, uh, I don't know if that's the right 
attitude, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels a little bit peanut gallery ish. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's okay because, like, like I was saying, I like the idea of it being like the developer on your couch commenting on you, your gameplay. That that's nice. And certainly, even when you watch serious films, you make jokes to your friends. Doesn't make them. Doesn't ruin the experience. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. Don't feel as strongly about that. But sometimes it feels a little bit weird. Like, oh, okay, the the developers don't take this game as seriously as I thought. Kind of. Yeah, I feel like the funny ones need to be like. It's like my old theater teacher used to say. She's like, if you can't be funny, just say exactly what you mean, because yeah. it's much better than making a joke that falls flat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we talked about Finjan's achievements when mm-hmm. we put in that, but uh, Mark, what kind of achievements would you put in Metro Next? Well, it's funny you ask, because <laughs> just this week, um, I was looking at the Steamworks backend and just checking where you can sort of catalog and add your achievements, mm-hmm. and just sort of playing with that interface, and thinking, like, maybe I should come up with a couple of these. And so I just decided uh, after I came up with a couple, I'm like, no, these aren't very good. And I, I don't, you know, it was, they were always going to be draft anyway. Yeah. But I decided what I'm going to do is um, all of my achievements are going to be named for lyrics in the Talking Head song Cities. Oh. <laughs> Which, <laughs> okay. Because what happened is I was writing these things and I was like, oh, because, um, you know, Talking Head lyrics are just, they're just thing, thoughts I have to myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, it just comes up in my mind. And so, um, uh, I was looking like, oh, um, uh, think of London, small city. And, like, that's a that's a line from that song. I'm like, yeah. oh, that'd be really good to tie to the London level in my game. And and I was like, oh, wait a minute. If I just those lyrics in order, they kind of work for the progression of my game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, uh, you know, uh, they have good points. They have bad points. It's all at work out. I'm a little freaked out. Find a city, find a city to live in. Okay, that all works. <laughs> it just progressively gets through my game. Huh. This doesn't make sense to any listeners out there, but like to me, I was it was like, oh my, you know, it just must have guided my design thinking. So um, every achievement in my game is going to be just a snippet of lyrics from that song, and I figure that's going to be my big joke. Um, but then they're all going to they are going to tie the lyric is going to tie specifically to. It also guides me as a designer. I'm going to like. I'm going to make an achievement that makes sense for that, mm-hmm. and that that unburdens me from like having to come up with like a million of them or something. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to like I've I've made a box for myself to live creatively in, and I think that I'm I'm very excited about that. And so I, that's the that's the lesson I'm going to impart to you, uh, listener designers out there is like is build that box for yourself to play in, so you have so you have some some rules you follow for how you come up with stuff like this mm-hmm. because it can be really creatively fulfilling to like. To you know, to to push those boundaries and to uh, otherwise, you just have a bunch of you have like seven great ideas that kind of just exist in a blob. Yeah. But if you have one good idea that you have these little other great ideas inside, uh, it can be uh, and and to the to players it can be really good. So what I imagine is a player who plays my game and recognizes, oh, that's a song, lyric from that song. Then they look up the lyrics and they're like, which ones am I missing? Oh, right. Huh. So that's that's the alternate engagement in my game that I want to have. Mm. So uh, in particular, uh, spoiler alert, there's a there's a level in my game that's sort of off the map a little bit, and you don't know it's there right away. And so uh, the lyrics of the the of the um, of this song go: find a city, uh, find myself a city to live in. So find myself a city to live in will be an achievement for unlocking all the 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 cities in the game, mm-hmm. which is not part of normal progress. You don't have to get them all to to beat the game. Yeah. But find a city, that smaller one just above that, is not, will not be in that normal sequence. So find a city is going to be that secret level. Mm. And it's going to be finding that city. So, like that, so it's been fun to sort of engage with it on that. And it helps me kind of uh, clarify all of my different creative ideas and kind of funnel them together. Okay. Um, so I've, been in, I've had a little fun little time with that this week. Cool. Yeah. So see, it could be good, right? 
You see, I don't know. I'm, I'm convincing. I'm convincing myself that you like this idea. <laughs> I think that the idea is cute. Uh huh. I still don't like achievements, but <laughs> I think that the idea is cute. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like. I like the implementation. I like the direction you're going. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I still don't like achievements. Yeah. And I think that um, uh, maybe uh, here's an advice piece of advice too. Uh-huh. Imagine all your players are Steven. <laughs> right. Imagine they're all going to look at your achievements and roll their eyes. Yeah. And so and just do whatever the heck you want at that <laughs> point, right? Right. And so. Uh, uh, simultaneously, don't try to make them comprehensive, mm-hmm. but also uh, make it your own. Yeah. M- make it something that's unique to your game um, if you can. It's um, good life advice, too. Imagine all of your game players are Steven. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Martha, what about your point and click? What would you put in there? You know, I was just thinking about it and I was like, I haven't ever imagined it having achievements, weirdly enough, because the games I'm like sort of am inspired by never had achievements because they were before achievements were a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so in, in, yeah. in, in a lot of point and clicks, they've retroactively added achievements when they've remastered them and stuff like there are achievements mm-hmm. in uh, the te- day of the tentacle now, right? Yeah, I think so. We probably got a couple of those. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could look at those if you want. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. Well, I mean, for point and clicks, the funny ones really just stand out, like clicked on the same thing 50 times. And, you know, you'd just, you'd call it insanity or something, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Picked up all the specks of dust. Yeah. Well, actually, you should have one that's just pick up all the things. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's a Martha slogan. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you guys, have you ever actually gotten all the achievements or trophies in a game? Yes, I have. Yeah. Oh, so there's a backstory here. There's not really a backstory. I just really like Soul Calibur 4, and I was like, I want to keep playing it, so I'm going to get all these achievements. Uh huh. So that's what I did. Oh, really? <laughs> he said forlornly. <laughs> so I was young. <laughs> Foolish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. Martha, are you, did you get all the badass points? No. No? There's so many. <laughs> I played for... for Hundreds of hours, and I still haven't gotten all of them. Yeah, goodness. How many? Like, I mean, plus how you close can get them you? all with all, all the characters. So, oh yeah, oh. Okay. Uh, what? How close am I? Yeah, or? yeah. I don't know. I actually don't look at what they are. Yeah, because you get them so frequently. Like you're just going through, <laughs> and you're like, oh ding, oh ding, I got another one. <laughs> that's a, that's a good way to develop it too. Is just to like just give them out, give it freely. Uh, like little shots of dopamine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, ooh. That would be an interesting thing. Like, I know, okay, so uh, most games on Xbox, they have a thousand, uh, the maximum is a thousand achievement score. Mm-hmm. What if there were a thousand achievements and you just got achievements for just, oh, like that, like that achievement hunter or the yeah. achievement unlock thing, like I'm thinking of, but like in a AAA game, like Skyrim or something. Oh, yeah. Unlock- just every achievement is one point yes. and there's a thousand of them. Yes. Yeah. Just- I would actually like, uh, like I was saying, you you don't want them to disconnect from the uh, the feeling of your game necessarily with the yeah. funny ones, mm-hmm. but that would also be an interesting piece of, uh, of 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 narrative design, which is to have a game and have the achievements be like the unreliable narrator or something. Oh, where like you would get an achie- like you'd complete a chapter and the achievement would be like, no, you didn't. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> right. Okay. See, then, yeah, but that it would give good. you clues as right. to what it would be very much like. Um, uh, what's that that GameCube game where the thing pretends to shut off oh, and uh, make you go Eternal crazy? Darkness, yeah, Humanity, something. It'd be like that, but uh, mm-hmm. it would be maybe more a little. It'd be more dry. It'd be drier than that. Yeah. Like See, that's implementing it so it makes sense in the game. Yeah, that's that's, that's the kind of stuff I like. <laughs> I'm all bored on yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. So that's that. <laughs> 
We're going to put them in Widget Satchel. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but you don't have to have anything to do with it. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's like each achievement is a piece in a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Peace, slow clap. We're up to your topic now, Martha. Yeah, puzzle design. Yeah. So I've been thinking about this because I have to design puzzles for my point and click game. Um, and so I wanted to talk about puzzle design not only in point and clicks, but in um, other, like just puzzles in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found some cool resources that we'll link in the show notes. Um, and the first one is I went to this talk at GDC with Jolie Menzel, who is, um, she works now with, she worked on the South Park game, mm-hmm. um, but she used to work at Telltale, I believe. Uh, I'll look that up. <laughs> It'll be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she gave a talk at GDC in 2016 um, about puzzle design. And it was really, really cool. She just went through Portal 2, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, like, just showed all the different puzzle progression. Um, yeah. And she talked a lot about, like, how the player should be able to trust the designer. Like, you should be able to trust that the designer's not tricking you mm-hmm. or laughing at you <laughs> yeah. when you can't figure out a puzzle. Even when GLaDOS is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but she's, like that's part of the like feedback. So you like, you give a lot of feedback to the player when they're, um, when they're getting like close to solving it mm-hmm. or when they're going totally in the wrong direction, there yeah. should be like bounds where, so someone doesn't spend all their time trying to like do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also not give them too much stuff, like not just hand them the answer. Cause that doesn't feel good either. Right. Um, and so she talked about like, like the emotions that you want to have the player feel when they're solving a puzzle. So like first there's like a little bit of fear because you don't have the skills or knowledge of how to solve the thing. And then when you stumble upon some sort of uh, clue that like starts your thinking in the right direction, Mm -hmm. you feel like this like happy surprise and then like happiness that uh, like satisfaction when you've solved it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she talked a lot about how there's like a puzzle arc in each game, uh, like especially like puzzle games. So um, they all, she talked about it in terms of like the narrative arc where it's like rising action, climax, falling action mm-hmm. and how puzzles should feel like that too. Where like you start out um, and they, you get like one mechanic and then you build on that mechanic until finally like you have the hardest puzzle. And then you have like a few puzzles at the end mm-hmm. that are like, you know how to solve them. Right. Right. Um, and that within each puzzle um, there should be a mini arc like that where it's like, uh, it's like re- fractal down into yeah. the, the uh, yeah. each mechanic that you're doing. Oh, yeah. that's why the end of the witness was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so that's a super super great talk, okay. um, and um, very easy to understand. Uh, so I would check that out. I also found a good Gama Sutra article. Um, about mist and a couple of different puzzles. Like they go through uh, the design of three different puzzles in it. Oh, neat. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the article, they talk a lot about um, like what a good puzzle is. And so I'll just read a little quote from there um, for a puzzle to be a good one. It should be fair, novel and integrated. 
A fair puzzle is one that can be solved using information and tools provided in the game without depending on guesswork, specialized knowledge, or a walkthrough. A novel puzzle is one which is unique to the game, not a reskinned version of one the player has seen before. An integrated puzzle is one that can be can believably exist in the game world and which has appropriate in-game consequences. And I thought that was super interesting. Hmm. Um, That's funny because uh, one of my favorite puzzle series games is the Professor Layton series. And it does not have that last thing (laughs) where it's integrated. Yeah. You walk up to a townsperson and they're like, oh yeah, I can help you, but I have these pancakes I need to stack. (laughs) And my immediate reaction is like, I'm in. (laughs) Like I have to solve this ghost mystery, but this pancake thing is really important to solving that. I'm like, just, I buy it. Like, even though it's not at all, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Professor Layton games are weird like that, but yeah, yeah, they're fun. Like they're, they're, they're definitely fun in that way. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think all of this advice, like any game design advice, is like situational. Oh, and yeah. there's someone with the opposite advice um, always on the other side. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like with Professor Layton, it fits in the world because everything is kind of wacky. Well, it's so, it's so knowingly discordant that it, it then becomes its, its own way integrated, sort of, right? Because that is the world of Professor Layton where everyone is obsessed with like weird lateral logic puzzles. <laughs> And so it's it, like you're living in Eureka or something <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it sounds like from those categories, it's like you don't have, it's just, you don't have to hit all high marks on all of them. You have to, it's just that those are all important to the success of, of, uh, of a puzzle, not necessarily your puzzle. Yeah. Right? And, uh, I've really latched onto this one because it reminded me of your, um, problem with point and clicks. Oh, Stephen yeah, is yeah. like the, the, we talked about this before the one in uh, Day of the Tentacle with the the, the car, wash. car washing thing, mm-hmm. where like you had to know this outside cultural information that if you didn't know that and also didn't connect it with the game, uh, you wouldn't know yeah, how, how to, to solve how it. To solve that and so all. you just yeah. have to click and click and click and click until something magically works for some reason. Um, they in the article they brought up um, Zork two. Mm-hmm. And there's apparently a, a diamond maze that is about like you have to know about baseball, and so anyone who wasn't from America had like a huge problem with oh, that sure. puzzle because they were like, "Hey, yeah, <laughs> isn't that a uh, issue that's happened with Persona Five, which uh, uh, a very popular game and was brought over to the West with as little translation, uh, like cultural translation, as was possible in order to preserve the original charm of it. Mm-hmm. But it included a lot of Japanese uh, schoolchild knowledge that just culturally was not available to those in the West. Mm. That's really funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the third thing I found was, uh, of course, Grumpy Gamer. I think I've rest- referenced his stuff in the last three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but he's... His blog's really cool. <laughs> um, uh, so in point and click games, there's these things called dependence, puzzle dependency charts or puzzle dependency graphs. Um, and basically what you do um, as you're designing the puzzles is you like make these sort of flow chart things um, where you like put the solution to the puzzle and then you kind of work backwards from it to say like, okay, so we need, uh, his example is uh, unlock a basement door. Okay. And Okay, so we need to find the key, find the plant. Um, and then, oh, but it turns out, like, after you unlock it, you also have to 
it like won't open still. So then it goes backwards. So like you have to oil the hinges and you have to find the oil can. Um, so there's been two puzzles that go into opening the basement door. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks a lot about how you want the, uh, the arc. It's sort of similar to what Jolie was talking about in her talk where it's like you want the, the puzzle dependency graphs overall shape to be a diamond. So at the beginning, you only have a few puzzles to solve. In the middle, you have like three or four concurrent puzzles that you can be working on, and then it all comes back to one puzzle at the end. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That is that is similar to a lot of games I've played, that, that progression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like, it, it works not only for designing puzzles, but also designing narratives, mm-hmm. right? A lot of like um, storytelling works sort of similarly, where you set up this big issue, and then you have side plots and diversions and things that you need to do to get to there, and then eventually you come back, and either there's a twist on that or a resolution to that. And uh, puzzle games generally work the same way. Yeah. And it, Unless I you're find- Professor Layton, and then it just turns out to be a fully duplicate London underground or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever the end of that game was. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> it, it wasn't ghosts. It was a huge mechanical effort. <laughs> Spoilers. I know. It's like the plot of all Scooby Doo. <laughs> uh, I find it interesting because I was reading this book about um, organizational, like facilitating groups and stuff. Okay. Yeah. And they had a similar like diamond chart of like here when you're brainstorming something, you start like at the beginning and then like with one core idea, and then you like brainstorm into like a, a huge amount of different ideas all which way and then you have to pare it down to one idea and like yeah. the facilitator's job is to help with the paring down process right right mm-hmm. um and so i just find that so interesting that so many different design processes and things end up being like a diamond shape yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like the gold makes ratio. my brain happy yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly those are very yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what kind of puzzles have you Puzzle games or game puzzles in games have you enjoyed? What are some satisfying puzzles that you've played? Mm, okay. Uh, definitely the uh, Portal series, for sure, has yeah. a lot of really good ones Portal. because they are silly, but also they all make sense, like, in, in a way. Um, those are really good. Um, they also has a sense of uh, progression. So puzzle games where you, it, you have to get yourself from one thing to another um, rather than just uh, like getting a, a a widget or a token from one thing to another, oh, like yeah. has, a, has a sense of so I really like adventure games that have puzzles in them, right? Um, and so that feeling of natural progress is is pretty important to the, how satisfying this to me anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm going to amend what I probably said months back about adventure games. Mm-hmm. I think specifically with with if you do it right, and like the solution makes you feel clever, but isn't like ridiculous then it feels really good mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen to me very often maybe that's just because i get more frustrated with them than other people but those are the kinds of those are the kinds of puzzles i enjoy mm-hmm. so hopefully you can get a little bit of that in your game Martha. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'd like um but yeah like the the ones that like make you think like make you think in a creative way but like you're the you're the one doing it and it doesn't feel like the developers are leading in a direction i mean they, they are leading in a direction but they're like subtly so you don't feel it yeah um but like it it like you came up it the ones that make you feel like you came up with the solution are the best 
those are the ones I enjoy the most. I cannot come up with an example right now. I don't well, think it's I like the anything. the feeling of what if I yeah. do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that works. Yeah. Uh, rather than the like, like, like chipping away at the well, it wouldn't be that. It wouldn't be that. I guess what they wanted me to do is this. Yes. That that's maybe the difference you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I like a lot of games where like, uh, like, like in uh, Breath of the Wild, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Like, mm-hmm. there's you have a certain amount of tools and stuff, and you can use them in a bunch of different combinations and ways. Um, and so there are many solutions to the same puzzle. Those are like mm-hmm. a lot because like you can express um, your own solutions in a way that you know what that's right. really perfect. You say that because that is a very common compliment given to Breath of the Wild. Yeah. There's so many different ways to do it. There aren't. There there's, aren't a ton. There's no, maybe there's one stuff. way, and then there's the the sort of like cheesy way. Yeah. But when you play it, it doesn't feel like that at all. Yeah. It feels like you discovered your own way. Exactly. And you don't even know which one you did. Did I do the official way or did I do the silly way? Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's a third way that someone glitched out and figured out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, so yeah, it, you, it does feel like there's so many millions of possibilities in that game, but it's, it is very guided in, yeah. in, a, in a way that fools you. And I think that's great. That's yeah, exactly it. That's exactly it. Like that's what I want from my games. Mm-hmm. The, the invisible designer, so you shouldn't even see them. Yes, yeah. yeah, or think about them. Mm-hmm. They don't exist. Who are these designers you speak of? <laughs> Games don't have designers. <laughs> uh, what about you, Martha? What what games have you enjoyed? I guess point and clicks. Yeah, uh, and and the portals, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like some um, puzzly platformy games. Uh, those are the only platformers I like is the ones that are more about puzzles and less about platforming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is why I really liked, uh, I played a War- Wario f- 4, I think. Mm-hmm. And that one was really fun because it was mostly about like, how do we solve this puzzle with this, um, you know, different powers you're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Breath of the Wild, of course. I liked most of The Witness. I got tired because it was the same puzzle over and over again yeah also if you don't play that game and then come back to it for a while after a while you can't remember how anything works uh-huh. yeah yeah and that's very frustrating There's it doesn't no, like, stick clues. with you be, the reason is, is because the every every interaction is so abstract that you have to hold it in your like active memory and it, when you're playing it, it 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 feels pretty good and you have recall but yeah you're right once you set aside you're like wait a minute which the the red squares and the white diamonds were which one was which again it doesn't there's not a natural way to re-engage with it mm-hmm. yeah and that game really could have used some editing like i love i really liked how it built on itself i think that's really like an achievement in puzzle design and that everything was that grid and it feels so samey yeah but all all the puzzles really did work differently mm-hmm. um but um we could have had half as many of them probably. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i bet that game would have been nice to have like a note-taking system in it <gasps> Yes. I took pictures to on my cell phone. Hey. I took pictures of the television there you go, so yeah. I could reference it later because like, your perspective is important in that right. game where you're looking. I like um, just thought of a game. Oh, all the missed ones yeah. are really good. Um, and the, the, the notebook thing reminded me of um, Night in the Woods. You have a notebook. Oh, really? She writes down, mm-hmm. the, your main character writes down like pertinent information. Oh, so if you ever that. forget, you can just go back and read. And it's also really funny because she's also writing stuff like so and so, like just sort of her diary yeah. entries. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's a nice way of doing it. 
Yeah, more things should have note-taking systems. You know, uh, that was a big feature of the DS uh, in, a, in, a, in a number, not enough games, frankly. Yeah. But like uh, the latent games have uh, sketch pads that you can just sketch ideas on, yeah. which is really nice. Um, and then uh, uh, Phantom Hourglass, the, the Zelda game, yep. which uh, is, might be my favorite Zelda game. It's not many people's favorite, but it has like a Link to the Past style gameplay it has a weird like stylus control. Method. That's I can't. I'm left-handed, so it was really hard on me. But <laughs> mm-hmm. like, but I I still have fond memories. So I don't. I must have gotten over it. Mm-hmm. But I love that all the games note taking because it was pivotal to solving those puzzles. Yeah, is engaging with your own sketches, and um, and then there were a couple things we actually did draw for to solve a puzzle. Um, I loved that. I love that so much. And it's funny because like now that the Switch is like the only mobile system left in the world, um, it's like <laughs> Wait, there's, uh, there's still 2DS and 3DS games coming out. That is true. That's true. Um, but uh, it doesn't feel like it's going to be the home to new ideas anymore. Mm-mm. And that's kind of a shame because like some of those really. I w- that's why I wish the Wii U was more successful. Yeah. And why I wish maybe that the Switch came with a stylus, maybe, uh, yeah. and encouraged more touchscreen play, um, which it doesn't. Um, and so I feel like mm, that era is kind of over for for that stuff. There, are, there are a few games that came out on the Switch that are like mobile only. Yeah, so you, yeah, you can play them with touchscreen stuff, but there, right, there right. are there's very few. Of them. Right, and nobody designs touchscreen games for stylus uh, or, or fine control. You right. know, uh, it's all for you know uh, big uh, fat finger buttons. Yeah, uh, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But um, one that's the thing about the DS, it had that capacitive touchscreen that was annoying to use with your finger, and mm-hmm. so you needed a stylus, and so gameplay then adapted to that and actually took advantage. Mm-hmm. I so. bought cool styluses with little faces on the ends of yeah. them, <laughs> so when you stored them in the DS, that they're little. little like cat face stuck out. That's adorable. Ooh, pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, with Phantom Hourglass, uh, Dale and I got it was a Club Nintendo reward. I think mm. Dale and I got a stylus that was a little like a, a quill feather. Oh, and it yeah. was it was trans like plastic and transparent. Mm. That was really cool. That's the one we used. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, games need more notes. Yeah. Just put more notes and things. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I like. I really enjoyed and something I. I don't know if there's a mod for Skyrim in this yet, but something I really enjoyed in uh, Breath of the Wild is like I could just put a stamp down when I, something was interesting, and I'm like, I should come back to this later, but I don't have the equipment or time to look at this up, look at this right now. That was really cool. Yeah, when I'm playing Skyrim and stuff. I'm like, oh, this is really interesting, but I can't unlock this because I don't have the lock picking. I want to put a note down when I, I don't have the mod to do it. Yeah. I wonder if there's a mod. What was not? There's got to be. <laughs> what was What was nice about the Breath of the Wild system yeah. is that um, it didn't tell you what any of the symbols meant. Right. You, you made your own language. Yeah. And it was always fun to look at someone else's map and like, why are there like 80 shrines in this area? Oh, right. That's not your. That's not what you use to note unsolved shrines. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that. I, I enjoyed that. So yeah, notating systems that give you some freedom to to have your own language. Is, right. It's pretty important. And I like how you brought it up. Like implementing the note-taking system into the puzzle design is really clever. Yes, yeah. I also really like mobile puzzle games. Um, oh. and those are usually just the puzzles. Like like mm-hmm. Monument Valley? Uh, I haven't played Monument Valley. Oh, okay. I think because it mostly comes out on iOS things. Yeah. Um, but I should find all the names of these games. Um, but there's one that I play that's they basically you just move tiles around but they're mm-hmm all sort of in a fake perspective so like you have to move them only on the faces that are like of these cubes basically um and it gets it's really easy and i've beat it like a bazillion times and it just loops back onto itself so Mm -hmm. you just go back to level one and right right um and these are pure abstract puzzles yes right yeah yep, yep that's a great category for mobile um yeah and uh we have a developer here a graphic um uh strata 
and Optica, which is in the works, um, are both abstract puzzle games that I love. Strata. One both look gorgeous <laughs> and are super interesting, fun gameplay. And so it can be. I always. I don't know. I feel like I want to design abstract puzzle games, but I never have any good ideas for them. Goodness, I am so threatened by trying to make any of those games because they just seem so hard <laughs> yeah. to actually like design. Yeah, yeah. like have a because you want to make a you want to make a really simple idea that people can attach to pretty quickly. Yeah, but also like. Um, big enough where like you can make a bunch of different puzzles and like there's a progression system and stuff, mm-hmm. and that's just scary. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like I I don't I envy those who can. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, maybe not not to make you feel any worse, but uh, your brother's game, Anti Piracy. Yeah, um, it's got it's got some of that in. And there. And that's yeah. my it's it is a it's you know it's a game where you avoid a lot of enemies and it's mm. it's very uh, hard on your on your joints as you like <laughs> grip your controller with. If fervor, yeah. But um, but my favorite levels in that game are ones that have solutions that are puzzles. Mm-hmm. And he has a lot of really great ones in there, and he's done a pretty good job of like actually having the stages be progressive. And so, uh, and that's a that's like a hybrid game. It's it's almost an abstract puzzle game. Yeah. But it's it's also an action game. One game that what people don't really think of as a puzzle game, but it basically is is um, keep talking and nobody explodes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, right. And right, that right. has literal note taking because there's literal <laughs> pieces of paper. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that, that reminds me of my uh, the the global game ham game that I made. It's kind of like that. There's no note taking though. Our mm-hmm. game should have note taking. Mm. <laughs> note to sell, Stephen. Add note taking to your game. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, like yeah, we, we based our game off of that uh, concept and keep talking and nobody explodes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, in that game, our bomb defusal manual is just totally marked up with all sorts of notes and and things, and yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's actually fun to play that game again and look at your notes from last time, which aren't really relevant now. Oh, but yeah. like, and then like draw around them. Yeah, <laughs> it, it makes it kind of lived in. You uh-huh. know, it's pretty good. Yeah, there's a lots of good uh, VR puzzle games. Um, Keep talking is a great one, but also there's a game called Form, um, oh. which is, has this really kind of like uh, ethereal out of abstracty kind of look where you pull at these like sort of impossible machines and then you, it's really interesting. Um, and, uh, but yeah, a lot of these, they have kind of an escape room style puzzles uh-huh. where you manipulate things and you use environmental clues. Um, and, uh, my VR concept that I've talked about on the show before, um, is, uh, that I haven't done any of the designs for it, but that's definitely what I'm thinking of is, is, is that type of puzzle, uh, for it. Cause it seems it's perfect for VR where you, where you actually have time to sit and think, um, because you can't take over the camera, so you can't. There's certain things you can't do. You have to let the player decide where to go and when, uh-huh. and so that lends itself to gameplay that is um, that is either really action oriented, like a game like Audio Shield or Space Pirates or something like that, um, or methodical, um, where you analyze and you kind of look around a thing, and so that's really fun. So I'm I'm looking forward to doing that one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought of doing that too with the the idea of putting your head through the wall yeah. uh, in VR, which I've talked about before. There's someone else who's, I think Martin is making a, oh, one yes. of the communi- people in the community. Well, he's puzzle. made a million like puzzle games. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. his jam. But there's, <laughs> there's the one he showed around it, um, a lot of the, the, the uh, things we have, events we have. Yeah, it's What's like... It? Puzzle uh, something. Puzzle prison? Puzzle, yeah. Puzzle prison? Something like yeah, it that. Played, it's um, VR. If you ever played a game called Same Game, which is a, a matching game mm-hmm. on Windows, uh, like Windows 3.1, kind of a, that's what I remember from. Uh, I think Puzzle uh, Prison is is like that, but it is is all around your head, um, and that's a that's a really fun design. Yeah, yeah, that one works out. I mean, there's also action puzzle games, but those are different. Yeah, they have like scoring systems and stuff. That's like a separate kind of discussion. What yeah. is 
exactly is an action puzzle game? Um, I normally equate action puzzle games to like games where, like Tetris and stuff, where like they're oh, puzzles, yeah. but like you, your, your, the goal is kind of to get better so you can do more puzzles. Sure, sure. Yeah. Or do them faster and better and uh-huh. get better score and stuff. So that that's how I like to think of action puzzles. I like action puzzles more than regular puzzle games because. Regular puzzle games frustrate me sometimes. <laughs> so, <laughs> but like, you're really down on yourself. But I played a couple of these games, yeah. And I think you just get more, you just get more, react more uh, frustratingly to the frustrations. Yeah. But yeah. like, you have as many aha moments as anybody else in the, yeah, when we're playing those things. Like, perhaps <laughs> don't, they don't feel like you just harder on yourself when you can't figure it out. Yeah, I suppose. That. The rest of us are all like, oh, I, I'll get it eventually. I totally know it. Like we have this false confidence. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I'm like, I'm never going to figure this out. Somebody help me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, I think that's a action puzzle games are more of a separate discussion because that's like about scoring systems and stuff, yeah, uh, and or or competition because there are some action puzzles where you fight against other people, like Super Puzzle Fighter Turbo mm-hmm. or whatever it's called. Uh, you know, it's funny because um, a game like Portal mm-hmm. um, has moments which are you plan out what you're going to do and then you do it, and I yeah. love games like that where you. You you have to do the thinking and solving and okay I'm gonna do this and plan you have the plan of attack and then you have to have the hand eye coordination to execute the attack right yeah. I love that kind of thing but in portals sometimes you're you're because you have to do you have to test every stage or whatever yeah um, you're halfway through it and then you figure out the rest of it in real time mm-hmm. and that's more action puzzly in the way that like <laughs> you're like oh wait turn oh no and the portal I did it like, <laughs> And then you're like, was that smart or just like quick reaction or what? 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 Yeah. What, what do I owe that to? Yeah, um, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good feeling mm-hmm. for sure. You know, you wouldn't have died in real life if you had to, had to do that with no testing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, are you guys gonna put any puzzle? Well, I mean, widget satchel puzzles. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a puzzle platformer. It is. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it, in its current state, it has ambitions of a, being a puzzle platformer. Yeah. But we're building all the pieces for it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we're hoping for. That's, that's, how we're, that's the mindset we have for it. Definitely going to take some of these talks and advice in hand when, we, when, we, when we're designing these puzzles. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a, a little while since we put like a ton of time into that game. We're working on it next week. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it'll be good. Because more of the pieces are in place now. Yes. So, and every time we work on it, there's more of the vocabulary of the game is 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 finalized, and so we can actually do more of the real work of of actually building it. Yeah, um, yep. it's, it's been fun. Yeah, I can't wait. I really because in that game, the idea is that it's just a platformer that's not that hard. You can just get, breeze through it. Mm. But then, if you engage it in its more difficult paths, the more optimal paths, you get better rewards. Um, and rewards being basically the knowledge that you did better. It's not like, you know, we don't have loot boxes or anything. It's like right. an achievement, maybe? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's part of, that's our big challenge is finding a way to have people engage with it however they want to. Uh-huh. And actually the trickiest part for us is going to be if they have problem with a, a, a puzzle, if they just give up and then take the easy path. Like we need to uh, calibrate people's motivations and expectations. Yeah. And it's going to take some playtesting. It's going to take some time. Which is gonna be fun. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yeah, I've been working on my point and click, uh, making puzzle dependency graphs mm-hmm. uh, or starts of them. I've just been like, I have this program, great program called Visual Understanding Environment. And it's from Tufts University, mm-hmm. and I really want someone to. It's semi open source, um, but they don't have the like. It was like someone grad student was on this project, and that or some professor, and then they got you know. 
laid off or they graduated or something and now no one's working on it and they didn't they they put version two up on github but not version three so now so uh, it's so frustrating i just want them to keep working on it but anyway it's this really great program where you can make um basically any sort of flowchart graph visual like thing Mm -hmm. and you it keeps track of all the data in a like a uh queryable way Mm -hmm. um and so i've just been making brainstorming in that program like idea 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 and then like seeing how i can connect them together Mm -hmm. um and seeing if it makes sense or not uh so that's been really fun do you think maybe you could put that in the show notes yeah, I suppose so. I mean, it contains spoilers. Ah, well, then maybe we shall but, save them. But I can, can put it in there and um, blur out any spoilery yeah. nodes. Yeah. <laughs> Redacted. You know, yeah. we should do that on a future episode is like how you talk about your games because uh, in, in, you know, in our community, we all talk to each other about our games and we all reveal all our secrets. Like, yeah. in the end, the twist is this or this is the salute, you know, whatever, because we're all looking for professional feedback and trying to like actually build the things. But um, certainly uh, when you do things like devlogs or you post on Twitter, um, there's, you have to think like, wait a minute, is this something that if it's out there, then I wouldn't want my eventual audience to see? Yeah. But you're not really, when you're, sort of early development promoting on Twitter, you're trying to get your peers, but also press and you're trying to get some buzz and attention and maybe like early adopters who you don't mind spoiling because then they will be your champions. But yeah, we should make that a future topic. Cause yeah. I, I think about that sometimes too. Yep, I've got some stuff to say about that. Yeah. We tried to do that in uh vengeance in it. We'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. We okay. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, until then folks, that's our show. Yes. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or are nice like us. We need to know you're out there, so leave a review and tell all your friends to also uh, give us some feedback on the feedback form. Uh, responses have been drying up lately, we've noticed, <laughs> um, from their you know already pretty paltry uh, rate yes. of <laughs> attachment. Thank you for the person who said feedback. <laughs> Appreciate it. That's right. We also had someone on there that said, Martha made me do it, and we don't know who that is. So... <laughs> Uh, so maybe you can uh, let us know that Mortho made you do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but truly, because like you know, we're we're changing up how we do nice plays, uh, which uh, you'll you'll see more of next week. And uh, we the the more we hear from you about what you want, the better we can be at what we do. So uh, let us know where can they find that, guys? Nicegames.club slash feedback. All right, go there now and let us know how we're doing. Let, just seriously, we can't track you. You can say all the terrible things. It's true. Uh, or, you know, nice things if you really want to. Uh, okay, we also want to hear directly from you, of course. So follow us on Twitter and all the other things, at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing. Send us your topics and ask us your questions. Uh, lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host, as well as get all the links and notes from this and other episodes at NiceGames.club. And so, until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. talking about puzzle design yeah i know that (laughs) okay it's good outtake material actually it's not (laughs) no yeah there's not much (laughs) (laughs) you guys just like have no idea the traps you're walking into (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm not editing this one so (laughs) Uh. whoops
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.